WeMakeTheFunny.com presents Let's Chat Comedy. Hosted by K.L. Thomas. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Let's Chat Comedy. This week, I'm chilling with David Elmy about his comedian acting and writing career here in New York City. You might have seen him in a few projects. Do you think they might have seen you in a few projects, David? Uh, I think they have. If they have Netflix, I think they've seen me on Gringolandia on Netflix. And I've been, uh, well, you know, our mutual friend, Rob Asaro. That guy? That guy. That guy. Everyone seems to know Rob. I was in his web series, Yellow Brick Hell. I did that. And right now, and oh, I see Kale. I feel like you know everybody. You know Jenny Ruiza. I do. Yeah. She and I are writing, we just finished writing a web series uh, called Bad Company, and we're hoping to shoot that soon. So, but yeah, hopefully they've seen Gringolandia. Yeah. So cool. So um, to this week, I would like to talk about uh, life changes and career. We don't normally have a topic. We usually interview people who have like a show going on. But with you, you obviously don't have a live show at this moment, but you do perform improv once a month. I perform improv about once a month, and I have a sketch group. But yeah, you're, we don't have any live shows coming up. The captains of industry, which I'm sure you yeah. But you do have the web series where we're going to dive into. But with you, we want to talk about life changes. And the reason why is because I know that you did not start off as an actor. You started off working for Bloomberg. I started in New York. I started uh, in corporate America, which is where all great comedians come from. I think Bob Hope <laughs> worked in corporate America. <laughs> I think, and Don Rickles, rest in peace, rest him. I think he worked for Kinko's at one point. No, but I, I worked for Bloomberg LP uh, for about six years. I was a project manager. Yeah, exactly. It was, uh, Kale was making a face. It was that face. That's how I felt every morning uh, waking up. Um, and it just got to a point where I was very unhappy and I wasn't going to auditions and I stopped doing shows, stopped doing improv, stopped doing sketch. And I kind of just stopped writing. And I, it was just, I was consumed by this job. And I had a commercial agent I was working at. And I kept turning him down. I kept, he kept sending me auditions. I was at a meeting or something. And he said, and he called me one day and he's like, Dave, do you want me to send you on these auditions? Because you never go. And I, that really uh, hit me. And I got really, um, I like took a weekend and I just had to examine everything in my life and I just this is I didn't I come from Pennsylvania and I I didn't move to New York to work a corporate gig like that does that make sense yeah totally I was told that you started at corporate but from listening to you you came here to pursue a dream and you ended up in corporate which yeah. that's big deal because a lot of us actors comedians whatever we moved to a big city like New York, L.A., Chicago, and that is the point is to pursue our dreams and we get caught up of like because we still have to pay rent. You get yeah. sidetracked, um, and I feel like that's what happened, and I had moved here to be a stand-up comedian, and I had awful stage fright, a terrible stage fright, and a friend of mine told me uh, about the Upright Citizens Brigade, and you should take improv classes. Maybe that will help being out there with other people. That was the thinking. You know, I wouldn't be on stage by myself. And I started doing that, and that's how I fell in love with it. But, yeah, you're right. You don't get paid to do improv unless you're TJ and Dave and you're doing corporate dates, <laughs> ironically. The two only two guys I knew who make a, uh, money out of improv do it through a corporate uh, 
corporate gigs. But um, no, but yeah, so I, I took the job with Bloomberg. It's a great company. But then it kind of, like any corporate gig, and I'm sure you know this, the job can like swallow you up. And, you know, I've known you for a really long time. We've performed on stage, and I've seen you perform, vice versa. I had no idea that you came here to be a stand-up, and you were scared of the stage fright, which makes sense because stand-up is really, really, really hard. Terrifying. Like this, <laughs> You see how I'm holding this microphone? It's steady, right? When I would do stand-up, it would just, I'm, no one can see this, but I'm, Shaking the microphone in my hand. It would literally shake. I could, I maybe had like a four-minute act, and I could get through like two minutes of it. Um, but no, it was, it's horrifying. Have you ever done stand-up? Not really. <laughs> Wait, I'm asking the question. Yeah, that makes <laughs> um, I, I've never booked a gig of stand-up. I've never tried to do that because, like, I know me. I'm not a stand-up comedian. <laughs> I respect all my friends that do it, and I love them to pieces. It's so hard, yeah. but... I got kind of punked on stage okay. and I got stuck in doing stand up and uh, I did it and I was like, never again. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I think it's one of the most terrifying performance arts there is. And I have so much respect for people who do stand up. No, but I, so I went in the improv route, the acting route. Um, so I'm doing that now. Yeah. But I, I, about two years ago, I left Bloomberg. I just had, I quit. And it's been an interesting two years. I, I have to hustle a lot more. I take jobs that maybe I don't love. I do background work. I do, um, you know, I, I pick up temp gigs, like data entry gigs. I, yeah. Um, so this isn't stuff I love to do, but, you know, I have a callback tomorrow. I get out for auditions now. I'm writing this web series. So I'm not making what I used to make, but the trade-off's been more valuable than money. Yeah. Chilling in Astoria Park with David Elmy and we're just talking about life changing and career and pursuing acting in New York. It's, it's a lot harder than people realize, uh, but there's a lot of great shows coming out about that. Um, wait, you do take a financial hit when you make that decision. Cause I also been in corporate and left and took a financial hit. Um, does it, do you ever miss the pay or is the payoff with the writing and the performance? I mean, I, there are definitely nights when I miss the pay. Absolutely. <laughs> I have tried. I, oh, man. I had, like, last night I had uh, I had Kit Kats for dinner over my <laughs> kitchen sink. So, I like, last night I missed the pay. Um, no, I, I do miss it, Kale, I sometimes. But, again, I was miserable. I mean, I don't know. It, it's great, like, being able to go out and buy food. I'm not starving. Like I'm doing okay. I cook. I cook a lot more. Um, but uh, you know, I, yeah. I don't know if you can put a price tag on that. Like why? I kick myself sometimes. I think I just I sat there for six years at a desk, and I was always I was doing shows and stuff, but I wasn't like. I, I think if you're serious about this business, and you know this, you have to throw yourself into it, and that's kind of what leaving Bloomberg was. It was just I just I I'm an actor, and I just I had to do it. Well, look, you got on Netflix, so you're doing something right. <laughs> There's, silver lining There's silver lining behind everything, David. Oh, <laughs> so, I mean, what kind of like what kind of advice would you give people? Because like I've even been in those situations where like nothing's coming, and I'm boggled down with the corporate life or just trying to pay bills and eat. And how do you? 
become creative with all that. What would you recommend people besides just quitting your job? <laughs> <laughs> just quit your job and move to a new country. Um, it's tough, man, because I, I get anxious sometimes. Like, I... I, I get, like, anxious energy, and this is going to sound so hippy-dippy. And you know me. I'm not really a hippie kind of person, not, not a new-agey philosopher. But I, He's totally lying. He's got crystals <laughs> right in front of me. <laughs> My crystals are huge. Um, I don't even know what that so means. So huge. So huge right now in Astoria. Um, but, no, I think you can take that anxious energy. Like, the thing about anxious energy, I it's energy, you know, and I can just take that and I try to funnel it into – writing a sketch or writing a, an episode of a web series. No, it's very tough. And there's, look, man, I could, next month I could come back to you and be like, hey, Kale, I fell on my face. I had to go back to work like it didn't work out. But I, I don't know. There's no easy way to do it. It's just I know this. My, my only regret is that I didn't do it sooner, that I, I'm not going to say waste those years. That I, it was a fine company to work for, but I just wish I could have dove in sooner. And I think... I don't, man, just figure it out. Like, you know, this is, if you're in New York or L.A. or Chicago, wherever you are, those are big cities. There are ways to make money. That's, they're not safe, and they're not always guaranteed, and you got to hustle a little bit more for them. But if you want to dive into this and you're thinking about leaving your corporate job, just do it. I, you know, you can always go back. You can always go back to corporate America. Don't you yes. think that? Yes. Corporate America will always be there. Jobs will always be there, kind of, sort of. You just got to work sure. hard. Um. Chilling with David Elmy in Astoria Park. There's a bunch of kids running around. We're just enjoying life, talking to, talking and chatting about comedy. Um, I did notice that uh, when you perform improv or sketch, you have this weird ability to be completely free where it feels like nothing's been planned. And of course, with improv, that's how it is. But with sketch... I can't tell if you're improvising or doing lines, and I love it. And it's so. What is it about improv and sketch? They are different animals that you're so free with, but yet with stand up, you're still a little. Really good question. Oh my god! Let me consult my crystals. You knew you were talking to me. You knew I was going to come at you. Oh no! This is terrible. The gloves are off. Barbara Walters is uh, is entered a story apart. I don't know what it is with stand-up. I think it's like stand-up, like you're up there by yourself, and there's that intense pressure where you're the writer, the star, the director, the editor. But with improv and sketch, it's more... Um, I, I love the collaboration of it. And I don't know. like In the sketch group, I mean, the captains of industry, we tend to write our stuff like it's more conversational. or So it maybe feels improv-y, um, but then we... You know, we just do it so often that we, we just live in it. I don't know. Does that, yeah, that's kind of what we go for with with uh, when I do stuff with Rob and, and our friend Paulie Valenti. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I could never funnel this, like, my creativity into stand-up. I don't know. I, it's still to this day. It's terrifying. Yeah, so Captains of Industry, why don't we talk about that? Uh, first, the name is interesting because you guys are all very seasoned in comedy. So you have Rob Asario, who's been writing, doing stand-up. He does a lot of stand-up. Yeah. Storytelling. Uh, God, filming. That guy does everything. And then you have Paul Valenti, who, if you don't know Paul Valenti, you don't belong in the comedy world of New York City. Seriously, that guy is everywhere, and he knows everybody 
comedy left and right, but then you also have special guests that come and appear with you, like Adam Hamway. The Adam Hamway. We've had the Adam Hamway, uh, Mr. Jason Messina. Uh, used to, I think he was like in the group for like a week or something, but uh, no, he's a great guy. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know where. I, I just like the name. I don't know. I like. I love like old timey America stuff. Um, like America in the twenties and thirties, and it just sounded like we're the captains of industry. I don't know why I said it like that, but um, you should do the rest of the interview just like that. <laughs> well, just that here live at the ticket tape parade, the captains of industry <laughs> here in Astoria Park. It's a beautiful night. Here we go. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it was. It didn't cut. Like we're definitely not. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Douchebags. We, that's exactly the right word. We are not douchebags who think we are the best in the comedy industry. Um, so that's not where the name came from. It was just more, I just, I don't know. I like, it was my idea. So I just want to put that on record. <laughs> I named the group. And I just love that. What that evokes to me is like America in the 1930s. And Come on, kid. The stock market's taking a dive. No, I could go on. I could go on. Yeah, you can. That's why I'm taking yeah, away the mic from you. This could go time. to like a whole hour of you doing that. Big boy, let's continue this interview. All right. Okay, so, but you guys perform around New York City, and you do perform at the pit, UCB. I can keep going on and on. But you guys don't perform often. So when you do perform, it's like <laughs> it's like you never left the stage together. You guys have this really amazing physical and verbal sync and you always break the fourth wall you guys love to do that and i love that humor and i i love doing it myself done it way too many times got in trouble for it so where do you what do you think that comes from you guys known each other for a long time you're right i mean you said it yourself i mean rob asaro i think averages 95 projects a year so he's never. It's hard. It's hard to nail him down. And and Paul also very Chris and Paul show that keeps him busy, and his other pursuits keeps him busy. So you're right. Yeah, we don't we don't perform uh, as much as I'd like to. But yeah, when we get together, I I think it comes with being friends for a couple of years and just knowing each other's sense of humor. Where I'm confident, if we had a show tonight, I could meet with those guys maybe an hour before, and it wouldn't. I'm not saying it'd be a great show. But we would give you, we would laugh, you would laugh, and we could come up with something that would be a passable, uh, a more than passable New York City comedy show. And that's just, I think that's just the chemistry, and we all play off each other really well. And you're, you're right, we love breaking that fourth wall. I love you, like, it's not going to be a great show, but you're yeah. going to laugh. Gonna get <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be. You're going to get something, though, sister. <laughs> Chilling with David, Elmi, and Astoria Park. Astoria this is Park. so great. It's a beautiful night. First warm decent night in a while this is nice in new york right now so you also perform improv you're current are you're currently at triple crown i believe yes yeah i'm doing a, a monthly show uh at the triple crown entertainment complex no i'm kidding the triple crown bar and grill <laughs> anyone who's done improv in new york or sketch you perform there no doubt uh yes and my team uh blindhead blindhead uh, does a monthly show there, always the second Friday of every month, and that, I love that. I mean, I know some people kind of um, they look down at the Triple Crown, but I don't know, not me. I love it. I've been performing there for years. I think it's such a free space. I look forward going to the shows there. 
Um, yeah, if you're ever if you're ever in the neighborhood, come on through. Yeah, it's super fun. That really irritates me when people look down in little little spaces like that. To be honest, because I've oh god, I've done so many shows down there, or show up and people are like, okay, Elle's in the house, let's bring her on stage, and it's been, it feels good, and it's like that's where you play and where you get the kinks out and you know who cares if there's an audience or other improvisers there you know i'm with you on that i love triple crown got a lot of performance out of there and i'd go back any day um let's before we wrap up let's talk about this web series you're writing sure no thank you so much um yeah i'm writing it with jenny ruiza it is based she worked at uh bloomberg as well (laughs) yeah and it is based on our time. Uh, we worked together. That's how I met her, actually. And I found out later she was a comedian. Um, but it's based on our time as uh, we were team leaders, like middle management types. Uh, not even middle management, like below middle managers. I don't know what we were. But I, it's, it's, ba- it's like an absurd uh, office comedy. It's very silly. Um, and we're pulling from our real-life experiences, but we've... Um, yeah, we're adding some really silly and absurd elements, and um, we hope to be shooting it hopefully by the end of the year. I think that's our goal. Uh, right now, we're just trying to get funding. I noticed you've been doing a lot more web series, and everyone's like, well, that's the direction everyone goes, and that's not always true. Some people just stay to the stage, and then they audition for you know school projects until bigger projects, short films. And you're writing more and more for web content. Um, did that just come from writing or where did that come from exactly? I think that came from, I, I, that, that, it, it came from Jenny. Like Jenny and I always talked about doing something together, um, you know, based on our time at this company, you know, working together and you know, the idea for it to be a web series, I, 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 I just wanted something that would be a showcase of, you know, my acting talent, my comedic talents and also my writing talents. And I think Jenny, wants the same thing i mean that's kind of how we're looking at this is it we hope to have like six or seven episodes that we can show people we could show agents and managers and and production houses uh and just show them what we're capable of but no it wasn't like a you know right like it's everyone's jumping on the web series bandwagon right now but yeah but like not just this project you've done quite a bit as an actor and writing and now you have this one and I think you know what they just those, these are the people who are casting me. I don't, I, I don't, I'll do anything. I mean, you're just so good. They just keep asking you to come back. Casting me? No, I mean, I I'd love it if someone uh, you know someone from uh, what's a sitcom I can think. I don't know. I can't. That's terrible. I'm in comedy. I can't think. If the Big Bang Theory wanted me to do a guest spot, I'd love that. I'd love to audition for them. Cop out using Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Everyone, please judge David Elmy for doing a cop out. There's so many great. I'm not even going to tell you what shows are going out. What, show, what, uh, what? There's one with John Lithgow. Have you seen Trial and Error? That's actually funny. <laughs> and uh, let's. This is the uh, TV review segment of the podcast now. Well, there's one on HBO right now called Crash, I believe. Crashing with Pete Holmes. I watch TV. Crash. I would love to be on. Cra- actually, I, I auditioned uh, for a waiter on Crashing. And I did not get it. But, you know. You didn't praise your crystals hard enough. <laughs> Next time I'll bring them with me and I'll make sure I rub them in the room. Because I'm sure that's what casting directors want to see. That's great. Okay, everyone. We're going to wrap up with David Elmy. He's just going to run down what he's doing for the summer so you can check him out. Tell him about your website, where they can find you and everything. 
I love it. Um, well, thank you so much, Kayla. This was a lot of fun. I'm at davidelmy.com. You can follow me on Twitter at, at, at hey Dave Elmy. <laughs> <laughs> at hey Dave Elmy. Uh, and again, I'm working with Jen Ruiza. We're finishing our web series, uh, Bad Company. Hope to share with you guys soon. Uh, improv show at the Triple Crown. And hopefully in the summer, the captains of industry will do something. It's either, it might not be a sketch show. We might write a play. Oh. But we're not, yeah, we're not sure. It's just hard to get together with those two. But yeah. You guys are always working. Yeah. That sucks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, everyone just keep following uh you know, uh, we make the funny.com. David has done some stuff on there, and uh, David and I have done some stuff live on stage. You never know Absolutely. what can happen in New York City. Uh, we'll see you next time. Oh, TT the Oh, you brought up TT. Thank you so much. This has been a pleasure. And yeah, check out check out We Make the Funny articles, podcasts, videos. It's all there. Thanks for listening to Let's Chat Comedy, presented by WeMakeTheFunny.com. You could follow WeMakeTheFunny.com on Twitter at WeMakeTheFunny. And check out the website, WeMakeTheFunny.com, and sign up for our Laugh Letter. That's right. It's the newsletter, but we call it the Laugh Letter. It's hilarious.